we've talked about how to have genuine, authentic, spiritual conversations. We've talked about that. And we've talked about, in Gary Poole's words, going 3D, right? Going 3D. What does that mean, to go 3D? It means, first D, it means developing what? Developing friendships, developing friendships with the unchurched, developing friendships with people who are far from God. And you should have friendships with people who don't know God. You should, and they should be in your world, and you should uh, uh, get involved and put yourself in, in their world uh, to be, um, you are the only Bible someone may ever read, and you're going to be the face of Jesus to them as you develop friendships. And then the second D we talked about um, is what? Help me out. Develop friendships. Discover stories. Discover their stories. And some of their stories are going to be um, hard stories. Some of their stories may be their vocational stories. Some of their stories may be uh, just their, their family background stories. And some of their stories may be stories of, of hurt and pain and hardship. And um, I want to share with you an email that I got this past week. Uh, I got permission to share this with you. Uh, Becky Ames from our church. Becky and Megan Drewis, they lead a ministry called Empty Arms, and uh, Empty Arms is a ministry to uh, parents who have lost their young children. And uh, so Becky wrote me this week, Brian, Randy, and Lynn, I just wanted to share the wonderful news that Megan and I are seeing, um, how God is working through Empty Arms. Our group is growing in amazing ways, and we have seen God's healing and His grace in abundance. Megan and I have said on many occasions that we wish we didn't have to be where we are having lost a child. Uh, but we now are seeing the blessings from it. And listen to this. We now know that God chose us to endure this pain so that after he helped us to heal, we could be there for others. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where, where Paul says that the comfort we have received from God has healed us so that then now we can share the comfort that we have received with those who are suffering. You see, we just pass it along. The hospitals in the area are uh, really starting to rely on us to help parents whose children have died in the hospital. We're getting several calls from moms asking us to just listen. Just listen, okay? Develop relationships, uh, discover their stories. And that means you gotta just listen. Just listen. Don't talk. Just listen. And help them know that they aren't crazy for hurting the way they do. We now have parents who have lost children to miscarriage, stillbirth, early childhood death, death after adoption, and toddler death. Discovering stories. Here it is. Every story is different, but every story needs God. And so we pray and ask God to be with everyone at the end of our meetings. And he's blessed our group with so much. Um, Another huge blessing and evidence of God's grace and love is that about 80% of the women who come to our group are now pregnant again. So we also focus on the fears and struggles that go along with being pregnant and after losing a child. God has greatly blessed us all. And then Becky um, 
mentioned about the remembrance ceremony, which, by the way, is here tonight at 6.30. And she says, God is showing up in abundance. And uh, we have more families who want to speak and honor their children than ever before. So anyway, that's going to be happening tonight. And uh, apparently the News Gazette uh, is going to be doing a full-page story on the Empty Arms Ministry uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. So God be praised as we develop friendships with the unchurched, as we discover their stories, all right? And then the third D is discern next steps. Discern next steps, right? As we're interacting with uh, those uh, who aren't connected to God, then we're just we're praying, Lord, what do you want me to do next? And maybe the thing that God is saying is, you know, keep praying or keep listening or, or maybe the thing that God is prompting you is, is, is to is to ask them, you know, would you like to join me for services next Sunday? Would you like to sit with me in services next Sunday? Would you like to do that? And, and then just wait, all right? Uh, or, or maybe one of the next steps is this. You've listened, you've developed a friendship and trust, and so maybe the next step is for you to ask this question, Has anybody ever taken 10 minutes with you to share with you the core message of Jesus? Would you like that? Would you you happen to be interested in in just hearing, you know, just the core message of Jesus? Okay, right? And it's a yes-no question, isn't it? And if they say no, they may say, no, I don't want you to do that. Then you say, okay, <laughs> if you're ever interested in that, then um, I'd, I, would, I would love to share that. If you're ever interested in that, I would, I would be happy to share with you the core message of Jesus. And, and then don't always assume that once a no is always a no. Don't assume that if they say no on October 19th, that they're going to say no January 19th because a life situation may, may, may cause a, a difference. So you might check back later, all right? But what if they say yes? Would you be interested in if I take about 10 minutes and share the core message of Christianity with you? Yes. I, I mean, I, w- I would very much like that. Okay, what are you going to say? Didn't plan on that. <laughs> um, so, well, hang on. I got the church on speed dial. Let me get Randy on the phone. No, that's not <laughs> wrong answer, okay? That's not what we're going to No, no. What we want to be able to do is, is to be prepared. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But in your heart, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be, but do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared. So if you ask the question, they say yes, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? All right? Well, you know what? We're teaching a class right now at first hour. Carl, raise your hand. Okay? Carl can help you with that, but I'm going to give you about 30 minutes worth. Okay? And I'm going to, I'm going to talk with you, and I'm going to take this morning to give you a, a, a suggested gospel presentation, the core message of Jesus 
That takes about 10 minutes, all right? So they ask you, the, you ask them the question, would you be interested in hearing the core message of Jesus? Takes about 10 minutes. And they say yes, here's what you do, all right? You go to your car and you pull that out, okay? Not really, not really. But you might pull out a napkin, and you might pull out a small piece of paper. You might get a little pencil, paper. You might do that. And it begins with this question. It begins with this question. The question is this. What do we see when we look around in our world? What do we see? I mean, do we see mostly good news or mostly bad news? Huh? Well, you read the front paper, and there's a lot more bad news than there is good news. I mean, there's, uh, there's bad news about the economy. There's terrorism. Uh, there's uh, there's, there's, there's uh, starvation. There's just bad news all about. Our world is about bad news. Now, the question is not just, uh, you know, okay, when we look around, we see all uh, a damaged world, but the question is, how does that, how does that make, how does that make people feel? Some people, some people could care less, which is a part of the damage that our world experiences. But others, when they see starvation, when they see AIDS, when they, they see the effects of, of environmental abuse, there's an ache that goes on in their heart. There's an ache. There's, the, and sometimes it, it's, a, it's an ache that turns into something needs to be done about this, but there's an ache. There's an ache. And, and so here's the question. Does, does the feeling of the ache, does the ache indicate, does the ache for a better world indicate that one either actually once existed or one day will exist? Huh? Uh, when you think about hunger that you feel in your stomach, does that not does that not imply the reality of food? Uh, when you feel thirsty, the, does that thirst not imply the reality of drink? And in the same way, does the ache and the longing for a better world, does the ache and the longing for a better world indicate that such a world either once existed or one day will exist? Huh? Well, in the Christian worldview, the answer is, yeah. Such a world once existed. The Bible talks about this in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, and then God said, and God saw that it was good. Uh, the world was made to sustain the life for God's people. And, and then in turn, God's people were given the task of taking care of the world and taking care of the, and being stewards and managers of the planet. And, and in God's good world that he first created, then there was community between his people. In Genesis chapter two, there's a great verse that says that the man and the woman were naked and they were unashamed. They were unashamed. In other words, you know, 
we all have these masks, but there was no mask in that first world. They, there was, they were wired to give love and receive love, serve and be served, care and be cared for. They were stewards of the planet and the planet sustained life. There was, there was um, unashamed authenticity between one another. And then with God, and that's what this circle represents, there was community. They hung out with the God of this universe and he delighted in them and they delighted in him. And this world was designed for good. Designed for good. Well, how did this become this? <laughs> well, this became this when God's people, when people decided that they were going to be in the driver's seat, that they were going to take charge of the planet. And so they began to abuse the planet and use it for their own purposes and, 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 and um, uh, spend more than they really need. I mean, think about this. In our country alone, the United States spends more money on garbage bags than the combined uh, gross domestic product of 90 developing nations. So on a global level, I mean, we've damaged, and, and, and so governments and systems are full of corruption, and, and then not only on a global level, but on a personal level. We abuse one another, and that's why there's sexism, and that's why there's racism, and that's why there's terrorism. Uh, <laughs> a telling verse in the Bible says that in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. Well, on a global level, that's why we're not getting along. And then, between ourselves and our relationship with God, we either live as if God doesn't exist, or we fear God and we want to stay away from him. And so on, on, a, on a global and an interpersonal and, and our relationship with God, it's damaged. Damaged by evil. Damaged by evil. And that's our world. I mean, that pretty much describes our world. And it's not going to get better on its own. And if left unchecked, if left by itself, you know, cold, what is cold? Cold is the absence of heat. That's what cold is, all right? And, and huh, hell is the absence of God. And so our world, damaged by evil on a global level, on an interpersonal level, on a relationship with God level, it's broken and we, don't, we can't fix it on our own. So now what? Well, this is the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel, the good news about Christianity in the Christian worldview, God just didn't leave the world by itself. He got involved. He entered this world. He came as Jesus. And he lived the life that we should have lived. And he showed us the life that needs to be lived by how he taught and how he spoke and, and his compassion. And he showed us the very essence of God. And then he took this evil, he took 
our damaged world, and he put it on his shoulders because this needs to be dealt with, and he dealt with it on the cross. He killed it, but in killing it, he himself was killed. I'm thinking of the movie Gladiator, where Maximus, the hero of the movie, takes all of the wickedness of Commodus and is put on his shoulders and kills Commodus, but he is killed, Maximus. And in the same way, Jesus took the evil and sin upon himself that would fall to us otherwise, and he killed it, and it cost him his life. But by the power of God, three days later, he rose from the dead. Why? Because evil does not have the last word. God has the last word. God has, and the power of Christ confirmed who he was and confirmed that he has triumphed over sin and evil. And now he calls people to himself that they at the foot of the cross would follow him as leader and forgiver because he is about a revolution now, a revolution of restoration, restored for the better, restored for the better. You see, now, because of Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection, now, he who has transformed people who have come to him and have turned to him for in repentance and turned to him to be their forgiver and leader, now the redeemed people of Christ are now sent together to heal. And now, Christians are to take place on a global level, in government, in education, in matters of the environment. Christians together are to participate in, in interpersonal relationships, loving and caring and extending grace. And now, Christians in their relationship with God, there is no fear. There is no fear. Because of Jesus, we can boldly go to the throne room of heaven in prayer and know that we belong to him because we are now in his kingdom. We become the answer to the prayer because of Christ's power and because of Christ's grace and because of his strength. We become the answer to the prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and when this truth gets into your life, then you view your workplace in an entirely different way, you see. Because now that Jesus is in your heart, knowing that he has sent you out into the world to heal, to be an agent of healing. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about the ministry of empty arms. And the other ministries, not only in this church, but, but what God is calling you to do in your place of work or in your neighborhood, that you are sent together to heal and to be a transformation agent by the power of Christ. And so when you think about that, that means that being a cashier behind the register at Taco Bell is just as much of a ministry as pastoring a local church. See? That's right. Because we're sent together together 
to heal by the power of Christ in this world. That's, this is why Jesus sent his disciples into the entire world. Make disciples of all nations. So, where are you? Where are you? Which circle are you in? Huh? Now, if you say that you're in this circle right here, then I, I think you should read the papers. <laughs> okay? Because you kind of got rose-colored glasses on, all right? If you say that you're in this world right here, then yeah, tell me about it. You're right. You're right. This world is damaged, and it's not going to get fixed on its own and, and left unchecked. I mean, you know, this world has told God to leave it, and that's what hell is. Hell is just life without God, all right? Not only in this life, but eternally. And this is not going to get fixed by itself. And that's part of the that's part of, you know, the, the, the problem that some people, you know, they, they, they're here and they want to get here. And so they say, well, I'll just go from here to here. I'll just do that. But you know what? The prop, the, there's too much brokenness here. There's too much evil. There's too much sin. And, and we need the resources of Christ. We don't have enough resources on our own to be able to heal this broken world. We need the resources that Christ offers. We need grace. We need mercy. We need love because, because the evil is not only in our world, the evil is in us. The evil is in our hearts. And we need Christ. And only Christ can cleanse us. And only Christ can forgive us so that having been restored, we can now be sent by him to be the agents of change, you see? So, so where are you? Huh? If you're here, uh, look at the paper some more. If you're here, there's hope. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And he can forgive you and change you and cleanse you. And, and then, if you're here, then you need to remember that, hey, you know, <laughs> Christianity doesn't just prepare us to die, but Christianity is about equipping us to live. Because God, the work of Christ was done on the cross, and God has work for his people as he sends them out in his name to be agents of his healing. And if you say, this is where you are, then right on, you know, this is where we need to be, and this is where we need to be focused. Designed for God, for good, damaged by evil, uh, restored for better, and sent together to heal. A true story. Where are you? Okay. That's about 10 minutes. Okay, the preacher's 10 minutes, <laughs> right? Um, and um, this presentation is based on a, a book by James Chung called A True Story, A Christianity Worth Believing In. And there's a little booklet here that you should have received when you came in, um, and this little booklet, this booklet contains today's message, what we're talking about here 
uh, has been authored and designed by a guy named James Chung, who works for InterVarsity uh, Christian Fellowship. One of the things that Chung says that uh, has been, um, I guess, beneficial in terms of his use of this presentation, and if you go to our starting class, um, I do an extended extended version of this, because, because um, this is the story of the Bible, by the way. This is the story of the Bible. Uh, designed for good, Genesis 1 and 2. All right, that's Genesis 1 and 2. Damaged by evil, uh, Genesis chapter 3, through the rest of the Old Testament. <laughs> okay? Really? Yeah. Designed for good, damaged by evil, and then um, restored for the better, the Gospels, the life of Christ and uh, his death, his life, death, burial, and resurrection, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then sent together uh, to heal is uh, really the book of Acts on through Revelation. All right, That's, this, is the, this is the narrative or the, or the, the storyline of the entire Bible. But one of the things that Chung says that he has seen in this particular uh, presentation is that uh, um, that this particular presentation does, does not just focus on individual decisions, all right? Uh, I mean, there is a decision component of this, but sometimes the way some gospel presentations are, are um, delivered, it, it's decision-based. This is transformation-based, that God, through Jesus Christ, has transformed us from being a part of the problem to now Belonging to the kingdom. This is about belonging to the kingdom of God. And that involves a transformation by Jesus himself. And this presentation also, it, it, there's a community element to this. Do you see that? So it's not just me saying to someone on the other side of a canyon, you know, you're in a real fix and I can help you by giving you some information so that you, you individually can make that decision to come on over on the other side of the canyon through the bridge of the cross. And I, I know that may be overstating, but sometimes just the very way a presentation is given or the structure of it can imply that, it, you know, this person has the problem. But this particular presentation deals with uh, the fact that, you know, we're all on the same ship and it's sinking, Okay. All right. And then some presentations focus on the afterlife as if, okay, now that we've made a commitment to Christ, um, earth is heaven's waiting room, okay? <laughs> and um, no, no, there is a mission that Jesus has given his people, and that mission is to go into all the world and to make disciples and to be sent together to heal. So, um, so those are some differences in this particular presentation that, that may differentiate it from other presentations that you've heard. And, and let me just clarify something um, so that you may be thinking this. So are you saying, Randy, scrap my other presentations? No. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, listen, the Apostle Paul had a particular way of sharing Jesus when he was in a Jewish synagogue, 
okay? With the Judeo, Old Testament Hebrew Bible background. And he had another way of sharing the gospel. The same gospel, same gospel, but just kind of a different way of communicating it when he was in Athens at the Areopagus where with Greek philosophers, you see, in a very postmodern setting. You see what I'm saying? So no, no, this is not intended to replace whatever presentation that maybe you have had or, or that maybe you prefer. But this might be a, 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 another way of connecting and you just have to see who your audience is and that's why it's important to discern next steps, all right? This presentation also involves, and I like how Chung puts it, he says, the true story is about the kingdom of God, a kingdom marked by a new kind of people with a new kind of relationship with God and each other, living out a new kind of life, loving God and loving people. And this love is expressed by conversations, outreach, spiritual discussions, world missions, social justice, financial stewardship, and vocational calling. The kingdom of God is meant to heal this planet. This is not just good news for Christians, but for the entire world, the entire world. So, designed for good, damaged by evil, restored for the better, sent together to heal. All right? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your little booklet here, and I want you to, if you would, please, pretty please, sugar on top, take your, the front cover of this little booklet, and let's just go through this very quickly once again, and I want to make sure that you get the talking points, okay, the talking points in each section, all right? So we begin with a circle. And the squiggly lines talk about our damaged world. And here are the talking points. First of all, what's our world like? What's our world like? That's the first question. When you see our world, what do you see? We talk about the problems. We talk about the damage. And then here's the next one. It's interesting that people ache for a better world. People ache for a better world. And the ache, and this is an important transition point, the ache points to the reality the ache, the, the, just as hunger, hung, just as hunger demonstrates the reality of food, and thirst demonstrates the reality of drink, so our ache, our hunger for a better world, is evidence that either one once existed or one will exist. And that's a powerful, that's a powerful argument, okay? The ache, the hunger, the thirst points to the reality of that which fills that. And that's where we make our transition to the next circle, okay? That such in the Christian worldview, and I would put it in just that way, in the Christian worldview, such, such a world existed on a global level, okay? Perfect environment, and, and, uh, and the environment was intended to sustain life. God created the heavens and the earth and God saw that it was good. good. Good meaning that it fulfills the purpose 
for which it was designed. Designed for good. Designed for good. The world was meant to sustain life, and then we were called to be its managers. We were called to be stewards of the world, of the globe. And then, on a personal level, we talk about that we were created to serve and be served, love and be loved, all right? And then, on a relationship with God, we were wired to have community with God. And God saw that it was good, global, personal, and with God. But then what happened? That's where we move into the next circle, and the arrows are pointing inward here. Because we decided that we were going to be in charge. Uh, uh, Part of the sin of the Garden of Eden with with the forbidden fruit was not just the sin of law-breaking, but the sin of law-making. We're going to decide to be in charge. And we're going to decide. And so so the planet gets abused in our relationships. We begin to abuse our relationships with one another. And that's why there's still slavery here on earth. That's why there's racism and sexism. And our relationship with God gets damaged as well. Damage on a global level, damage on an interpersonal level, and damage on, with our relationship with God where we either fear him or ignore him because we want to be in charge. And so our world is damaged by evil, damaged by evil. And, and I think it's important to make the point that this is not gonna get better on its own. In fact, you know, this is where I made the point about how cold is the absence of heat and hell is simply the absence of God and left unchecked. That's where we're headed. But God, in his great love, sent his son, Jesus. God came in the flesh and he lived the life that we were supposed to live. And in words and in thoughts and in all of his actions, and he was about restoring. And, and, then, and then we talk about what Jesus did to kill evil, and it cost him his own life. And you may need to, uh, I used the illustration from Gladiator, but you need to think about an illustration or think about maybe some sort of contemporary example of an innocent sufferer where someone gives their life for others, and they didn't deserve it, but out of his love and grace, he gave it. And that is how evil is conquered. That is how uh, uh, the damage of sin is overcome. Not through military power, but through the love of God expressed in Jesus. And so this broken world can be restored. For better. And then how... After Jesus rose from the dead to prove that God has the last word, not evil, he sends his disciples on a mission to this broken world, and they are sent together to heal. And on a global level, that's why we do need to have Christians 
uh, in corporations and in government and in, and in our public and private and home schools. And that's why we do need, uh, because they are Christ's representatives, to be salt and light in a decaying world. And that's why, on an interpersonal level, we can show the love and grace and forgiveness that only Christ in terms of our relationships with one another. And, and then on a, on a relationship with God, we can have no fear, no fear whatsoever. It's interesting that as Christians have gone and been sent out to heal, when you think about the social uh, uh, revolutions that have taken place in our, in our world, whether it's uh, literacy or whether it's um, civil rights, those have been initiated, or, the, or abolition of slavery, those have been initiated by Christians. Uh, and, and, and even, you say, well, what about the uh, nonviolent resistance movement by Gandhi? Where do you think Gandhi went to get taught? He went to Jesus himself, sent together to heal. Where we become the answer to the part of the Lord's Prayer that says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We become the good by the power of Christ that God wants to see in this world. And then notice, I brought up this point about how some people want to get from here to here, okay? But the damage is too great. And the damage in my heart is too great too. See, I'm part of the problem, see? I'm a sinner and I need the resources that Jesus can provide. And only Jesus can provide the resources to overcome the damage so that we can be sent together to heal this world that will one day, one day be completely restored when Christ comes again. And then I ask the question, where are you? That's an important question. Where are you? And you just, and if they say they're here, then you, you, you know that. This is, you read the papers. Come on. If they say, well, you know, damaged by evil. See, yes, that's, that's, I understand. And that's why we need Jesus. And, and that's why we need to receive him as our king and our leader and our forgiver to cleanse us and purify us so that we then can be used by him to make a difference in this world that will one day, one day, be completely restored when he comes again. Where are you? Okay? So those are the main talking points. Does that make sense? Okay? Yeah. Um, now, I hope you have questions. And we have this card in this booklet in case you do. And maybe your questions fit under one of these categories. Uh, Randy, my biggest fear in having a conversation with someone who is not a Christian. All right? You know, I still have, I still have concerns. I still have fears. Okay, fine. What, what might that be? Why don't you put that down? Or maybe you say, Randy, I, I have an unanswered question about engaging others. And, and that has not... Put that down, all right? And if you, whatever category your question is under, you know, put, the, put either one, two, or three that way because we're going to try to collate these. And here's what I'd like to do. Um, there seems to be common questions when, whenever I have little mini surveys like this. And what I want to do is collate these. And then next Sunday, 
my message is going to be based on your responses, okay? And also, as you've been receiving my emails throughout the week in this series, um, I'm going to be responding that way as well. So anyway, I won't be able to answer every question <laughs> that gets submitted, but hopefully we'll, we'll collate these and we'll, uh, um, we'll deal with them, all right? Maybe you're here today and, and you're not a believer, you said, and this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel, okay? And you've got a struggle, though. You've got a question that you want. And I'd like to know what that is. And you don't even have to wait to put it down if you don't want to. I'm going to be around here after church, and I'd be happy to have a spiritual conversation with you to see what, how can I help answer the question, okay? <clears throat> Some of you were here last week. And, um, you know, when it came time to take a towel, you really wanted to, but for some reason you didn't. You know what? We got them washed this week. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to invite you, if you're ready, to make Jesus the king of your life and to follow him and have him be your leader, I'd like to invite you to do that, not at 5 o'clock today, but right now, okay, right now. I said that first service, and someone came up to me and said, I am ready. Can we do it right now? And so I said, you bet. I said, give me 10 minutes, and we'll get changed. And um, that was cool. I think it'd be cool if we did that this service. But we're here for you. There's no need to wait if you're ready. Let's go. Now, um, you may have listened to this if you're a believer and you may say, you know what, I, I like my method better. Great, use it, okay? But you, need, but you need to be ready because I guarantee you that if you are developing friendships with the unchurched, if you are just, just discerning and discovering their stories. And then if you are, then discerning next steps. And if you're doing that in earnest and you're praying about it, I mean, there will come a time when that person will want to know. Can you just tell me, well, why do you believe what you believe? Now, what are you going to say? What are you going to, if not this, what? You need to be prepared. You need to be prepared. Because we have we have a great message, and it needs to be shared. And this church exists for that reason and that reason alone. Billy Graham was in an elevator, and when the door opened up, guy got in, and he sat there and stood there, and then he looked over and he realized it was Billy Graham. <laughs> and he said, he said something real intelligent. Well, you're Billy Graham, aren't you? <laughs> Billy Graham's him. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. And the person, you know, what do you say, right? And the person said, well, um, you know, all I have to say, sir, is that you truly are a great man. And Billy Graham responded. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not a great man. But I have a great message. 
We're not a great church. We're not great people. But we have a great message. And I just want us to be prepared to share it, okay? Because it is a life-changing message. Where are you? Where are you?